This is episode 129 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of Two Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. And Anita Lambert. And today we wanted to share our top tips around preparing your body and mind for pregnancy. So Often we talk about in pregnancy, preparing for birth or for postpartum, but we thought we would even go ahead of that into if you're thinking of becoming pregnant in the future. And this applies to you too, if you've already given birth and you're thinking of being pregnant in the future as well. So we're going to start with our first tip, and that is about understanding and connecting with your pelvic floor. And so these muscles are rarely talked about even in pregnancy and postpartum, but especially any other times in life and, you know, prior to getting pregnant. So maybe you've heard of Kegels, maybe perineal massage. These are usually just the two aspects of the pelvic floor that are mentioned in regards to pregnancy. And to be honest, even then accurate information is lacking about those two things. So and there's just so much more than, than Kegels and perineal massage when it comes to the pelvic floor in pregnancy. So, you know, I see a number of uh, physiotherapy clients who are planning their first pregnancy, um, but also clients who've already had um, given birth before and want to check before getting pregnant again, you know, what's a good plan to have in place ahead of time? You know, what can I do to prepare my pelvic floor or my body this time? And so it's been great to see over the past number of years, people who have never been pregnant, who are planning to in the future, who want this information, but then also those who've you know, gone through it before and realized, you know what, maybe this time around, I want to prepare you know, differently even before I get pregnant. And so knowing how to not just contract these muscles, but also how to relax your pelvic floor and how they work with the rest of your core muscles or your core canister and the rest of your body and what symptoms might involve the pelvic floor. So for example, leaking urine, stool or gas, pelvic organ prolapse, pelvic pain. And you may be listening to those symptoms and thinking, I've never heard of them before, or I had no idea that was even related to the pelvic floor. And I think that's what's also really common is there's a lot of symptoms that are mentioned about pregnancy or postpartum, like leaking pee when you sneeze um, or when you exercise or back pain, pelvic pain, and you're just told they're common parts of pregnancy. You're just going to have to put up with them. But the reality is there actually is a lot that can help. Um, and potentially your pelvic floor can be related to a lot of these symptoms. So even knowing that ahead of pregnancy can be helpful. And you may actually be experiencing these even before you get pregnant. So knowing how to 
you know, connect to these muscles and not just contract, but also relax can be helpful. And knowing how to relax these muscles is also helpful going into labor and birth, because that is something that can be quite helpful during the actual birth experience itself. Plus, this is all going to be helpful postpartum too. So you're going to be way ahead um, in terms of uh, preparing for postpartum. So if you can, seeing a pelvic health physiotherapist can be helpful because they can give you information specifically to your pelvic floor. Um, but if you can't or you're not able to yet, um, I'm also going to put in the show notes my free ebook. So three misconceptions when preparing your pelvic floor for birth and what to do instead. And this is very applicable even before you get pregnant. So we wanted to make sure you understood, um, you know, how important these muscles are and knowing how to connect with them. And so I was curious, Jess, with you as a fitness professional, do you end up seeing clients, whether currently or in the past, you know, prior to pregnancy, like, did they have questions or goals around preparing ahead of time? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is something that is becoming even more common, as you were mentioning, that people who have never been pregnant before or are trying to conceive for the first time are becoming more aware or more interested on what their pelvic floor even is and how that can be a thing that will help them through this entire journey that they are hoping to or going to be embarking on. And I think that this conversation about understanding and connecting with your pelvic floor is definitely happening more and more in the world of fitness and athletics. Again, even with people who have never been pregnant before are just now trying to conceive for the first time because we're starting to talk about the pelvic floor in fitness and athletics in exercise coaching that is not specific to pregnancy or postpartum. The pelvic floor is starting to be a thing that we are finally recognizing in fitness and exercise coaching that is important to people who have a pelvic floor, which is all of the people. So I think that is super cool and it really resonates what you were saying, Anita, with people who have given birth, however they gave birth, and then are preparing for a subsequent pregnancy. And they are really feeling deeply in their soul that they want this experience with their pelvic floor to be different in that pregnancy, in that birth, in that postpartum time. So I see a ton of that. I see way more of that scenario, people preparing, wanting to understand and connect to their pelvic floor leading up to their next pregnancy than I do people who are trying to conceive for the first time. And so into tip number two, we wanted to talk about exercise. And so, you know, finding exercise that feels good to you. And what Jess and I find is, you know, combining strength work and mobility work or release work. And so this might look different for, it does actually look different for everyone. So there isn't one right way or wrong way. And there's so many different ways to incorporate strength training um, or mobility or release work. And so I do encourage people to look into that and try different types of exercise. So if you've always done the same type of exercise or the same sport always up until this point, you know, look into different other different activities and see how your body feels with it. And not to say your body is going to feel exactly the same once you become pregnant. Um, but it'll give you an idea of what 
typically you do enjoy, and then you can test it out in pregnancy, which may involve modifications depending what it is. Um, but just, you know, having that awareness ahead of time and why we talk about both is I do find, you know, whether it's been with clients or myself as well, that combination of strength and mobility work tends to feel pretty good in pregnancy too. Like being pregnant does require a lot a lot of our bodies. And so going in with some strength work can be great, but mobility I find really helps with the comfort around pregnancy. So a combination can be great. I know for me, I did do both in both of my pregnancies. However, I'd say in my second, I probably did even more mobility work and it felt really good. And I think that was the same for you, Jess, that you Mm -hmm. in your second, right? Yeah, exactly. Definitely more mobility work in that second pregnancy versus the first. And it was really because I felt so uncomfortable most of the time that the mobility stuff felt really good. The strength training was the stuff that made up most of my structured exercise, so to speak. And the mobility was just thrown in little bits and pieces here and there throughout most days. I will say that we absolutely recognize that there is so much privilege here in being able to choose the type of exercise that you like to do. And we fully recognize that people have all different types of access to movement and bodies that are able to move differently with different abilities. And that's why I think that this is an important point to highlight, Anita, that you said, is that choosing exercise, if you're able to make that choice, that feels good for you. Not that you think is the type of fancy exercise that you might see on Instagram. If that's not accessible to you or your body, there are different ways that we can move that are still worthy and valuable. So try not to get caught up or trapped in this idea that only this certain type of movement or exercise is going to be the best way in pregnancy, we can make this work. And I know we've talked about this so often on the podcast here, but this is why we both are, have strong biases towards strength training and mobility work as being exercise because they are so modifiable for so many different types of bodies that might be able to move or access movement differently. We love this combo, as you said. A lot of my people who are coming to me say, even before they get pregnant, they want to get into some sort of exercise routine because they are believing that this is going to be a thing that helps them during this time period of trying to conceive. And then like you said, Anita, during the pregnancy where they know that exercise is a thing that feels good for them in their physical body, for their mental health, their emotional and spiritual health. So our third tip is actually around preparing our mind for pregnancy and also birth. So this is around looking at your fears around pregnancy and birth. And maybe this has not crossed your mind at all, but I do hear this a lot from clients and I do get DMs about this as well from people who haven't been pregnant yet and they're concerned. And with being a public health physiotherapist, a lot of times the fears I get told about have to do with the pelvic floor. So whether it's tearing or episiotomies or having a cesarean birth, um, but there are other fears too. And so 
we've talked about it before in terms of body image and pregnancy and that can be a fear for a lot of people that their body is going to change and they don't know how it's going to change you don't really have control over how it's going to change and in if you've had a past in terms of with um, an eating disorder as well i know a lot of people have you know they're already thinking about this ahead of time when they get in before they get into pregnancy so if you have a fear around your body changing it's a valid fear to have and recognizing ahead of time can be helpful because then, you know, whether it's talking through with certain people, um, whether it's friends or family that you feel safe and supported by, but also professionals too, that can help you ahead of time work through that. And then also while you're pregnant too, that may be something, it's an ongoing process. Another fear is pain in pregnancy, because a lot of people do hear of how pain is uncomfortable and you're just going to have to bear through it. And it's one of those things where, similar to when I talked about in tip number one with the pelvic floor, when it comes to pain in pregnancy, there can be a lot of uh, resources, whether it is seeing a health professional or a fitness professional or online resources or other resources in your community that can actually be helpful for pain in pregnancy. So becoming aware of those ahead of time. And again, even going back to tip number two, that finding exercise that feels good on your body, in your body could actually help ahead of time, knowing what may be helpful if you do experience pain in pregnancy. Another common fear is lack of support. So I know I've had a number of clients who their partner happens to have to, you know, commute pretty far um, and isn't home a lot. So, you know, that is a common fear that I hear about. And then also if you have other children or, you know, toddlers to look after and if you don't have that support. So if your partner doesn't work again near home, that could be a fear going into pregnancy. Um, and then also some people have fears around will their work be supportive in terms of having being pregnant, but also then being off on maternity leave. And some of these you may not have thought about before, but these are common fears that I hear about. Um, and then also the fear around labor. So whether it's pain during labor, you know, can your body do it? And I have that in quotes because that's more of something that, like a language often we talk about to ourselves. Um, can our body do it? Um, you know, judgment around what kind of birth you're thinking you want to have or what others feel that you should have, um, fear around support during birth. And like I mentioned before, cesarean birth or having tearing or episiotomy, you know, whether to get an epidural or not get an epidural. And there's, these are just a few of the fears that can be very common. So if you have any of these or other fears, like I said, they're valid to have. And it can be helpful to start talking through these ahead of time. And so we'll put also in the show notes, we did do an episode with Alexia Leachman around fears specifically to do with birth um, and kind of walking through them. She has a great book and she also has a podcast as well. So it's not just about preparing your body for pregnancy and birth. We wanted you to understand how it's equally as important to prepare your mind as well and how that can help ahead of time in your actual pregnancy and birth experience. These are all so important. I just want to mention a couple more relating to what you said. 
particularly on that point of the body changes that people might be fearful of. I know that this can be incredibly relevant to those with eating disorders or in recovery or management of eating disorders, going into an experience that you know will change your body in such a dramatic way for lots of people that can bring up a lot of fear. The other thing that I think we should highlight as you were talking about the support or lack of support for people, and that might be worrying for them. And this can be specific to the medical racism that people are fearful that they will experience during their pregnancy, during their birth, in their postpartum time. So for those who are Black people, Brown, Indigenous, other people of color, this is absolutely a real experience that they know they will be walking into. We did an episode with Takara Ganey that you might want to go back and listen to. We will post that in the show notes. We were specifically talking about Black maternal health care in the United States and the medical racism that exists within that care system. Another thing I want to mention is also those feeling like their support might not be might not be adequate and those are for people who might be in larger or fatter bodies and feeling like they are walking into a scenario where the medical system will not adequately support them either or feeling like their pregnancy and their birth is going to be hypermedicalized because of how their body presents to those healthcare workers. And for a previous episode specific to that that you might want to listen in on, that was with Nicola Salmon. And again, we'll post that in the show notes. In that episode, Nicola talked specifically about what people who are in larger bodies, again, who are preparing for pregnancy or who are pregnant currently, might want to consider the types of conversations that you might want to have with your healthcare or medical provider. And she just gave some really excellent advice on how to manage those scenarios. And Nicola is an incredible resource for fertility for those living in larger bodies. And then our fourth tip, and this carries on our conversation about care providers, is looking into different types of care providers. And so this is referring to, you know, whether you think you're wanting to go with a midwife or um, a GP or a general practitioner or an obstetrician. And we totally understand this is going to differ depending where you are in the world. Jess and I are here in Ontario, Canada, um, but we know that this, um, the options may differ depending where you live. Uh, so this is just something I do highly recommend asking. And I do get clients asking me or I get people, you know, sending DMs asking and my response is always, I highly recommend looking into what each type of care provider can offer. And then it's also going to differ on the actual individual care provider. So I do recommend most, I know here um, where we live, you can actually go and have uh, like a, a meet and greet session essentially and ask questions and they'll share kind of how they, how appointments work and how they could support you during uh, birth and your, your, 
free to ask questions. And I do recommend that because there are differences between care providers. And just to know even differences if you're planning or you may be contemplating a home birth or a hospital birth. So that can be great to talk to care providers as well. And just to also get accurate information, because for example, with midwives, some people um, are unaware that midwives actually support hospital births and they do. And so most births they attend, at least here, typically are in the hospital. They do attend home births, um, but a lot of births are in the hospital. So a lot of people don't know that. Um, and just differences, you know, how appointments are run and how, how much your care provider is there during birth and postpartum and what do appointments look like. So I do highly recommend because it is great to talk to friends and family. You know, you may be in Facebook groups and be asking other people. And I think there there is a benefit in doing that. But something I just, I do recommend being aware of is your, one of your closest friends might recommend, you know, their care provider, regardless, you know, OB, midwife, GP. However, what they were looking for in their birth or their support during pregnancy may have been different than what you're actually looking for. So if you do want to kind of take in other people's opinions, it can be good to find out too, like what they were thinking about going into pregnancy and birth. Do you have the same uh, views or are you looking for the same thing in your experience? Because that'll also shape how you take in their opinion as well. And on the topic of this, I think that it's so important that we recognize that people who are looking into different types of care providers are going to want to see people who look like them represented in birth workers. So it is really important for us, I'm talking specifically to Anita and I as white people and white women and those of you who identify as that also listening in, that we notice this in medical care, in healthcare, in birth work, that we pay Black birth workers, that we pay Black midwives and doulas, and we support them. We donate to their funds that they might be collecting that will help go to Black or Brown Indigenous people and support them in their birth. Maybe those people will not be able to have the financial resources in order to access their services. So if we can do our part to move more resources to Black birth workers, birth workers who are people and women of color, that is an active move that, again, we can do as white people, as white women. And what also might be important for you if you're looking for a care provider is that the care provider is vehemently anti-racist. They have an inclusive, diverse practice. They are having conversations about reproductive justice. That this is noticeable and seen and they are aware of all the inequities that do exist within healthcare, within maternal healthcare. That might be important for you just on just on a conversational level, but what we also need to recognize is that might be important to someone for their actual safety, an actual life or death scenario and conversation. 
And in relation to how this would fit in in my business as a fitness coach, you might think that that doesn't, but it absolutely does because the clients that I might be speaking with are a black woman in the US, a black pregnant person. That conversation is going to be very different than a conversation that I might have with a white woman in Canada. So that we have to consider the layers of marginalization that will imp impact that black pregnant person in the US. And of course, that they might have privileges that exist depending on their resources that they have available to them. But what is at the center of this conversation is that the white Canadian within our healthcare system presenting with their white privilege is automatically going to have a different pregnancy, birthing, postpartum experience because of the white privilege that they hold, that they live their life with. So in talking with that Black person who is preparing for pregnancy, this will be something that we will have conversations around. The type of care providers that they are searching out, that they are going to feel confident and safe with, because that is going to be vital to, again, their whole experience going into pregnancy, how they feel in their physical body, how their mental and emotional health is supported through this whole process of even trying to conceive. But then as I previously mentioned, this is, can be, is a matter of life and death. And that is the reality. So how can I, as the coach, hold the space in some way to support them, to have these conversations, to be educated within these topics so I can actually have the conversation, direct them to resources where they might need it in their city with other colleagues within the US who might be able to refer them to a black doula within their region that is going to perhaps even attend a doctor's appointment with them, who is going to be in hospital with them as they give birth. All of this stuff is so important to the work that we do. Even in fitness, where it might not seem like a thing that we would be talking about, we have to be talking about it there too. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 